0: Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. It's another Q&A edition of Optimal Health Daily, episode 900, and I'm Dr. Neil Malik. Hey there, happy Friday, and welcome to another Q&A edition of Optimal Health Daily, where I answer your health questions related to fitness, diet and nutrition, and lots more. You send in the questions, and I answer them for you. Now, if you wanna send me a question Come by oldpodcast.com slash ask. Or you can call in your question by dialing 61 I love ohd Thank you in advance so much for doing that. I love listening to and answering your questions. And thank you for being here for 900 episodes. I can't believe it. We couldn't have done it without your support. Now, if you're wondering, why should I bother sending in a question? Isn't doctor just really a nickname? He's not really a doctor. Does he really know what he's talking about? Well, I do actually have my Doctor of Public Health degree with an emphasis in chronic disease prevention and nutrition. I also have my Master of Public Health degree with an emphasis in health promotion and health education. I'm also a registered dietitian nutritionist, a certified health education specialist, and a certified exercise physiologist through the American College of Sports Medicine. When I'm not doing this podcast, I actually hold four different faculty positions. I spend most of my time teaching at California State University San Bernardino where I'm a full-time professor and teach nutrition students. I've also published research in peer-reviewed journals, presented at national conferences, and have been featured in over 70 different media outlets for my expertise on lifestyle and nutrition and stress management and fitness, you know, all the stuff I talk about on this show. Enough about me, though. Let's get to today's question as we optimize your life. Hi, Dr. Neal. My name is Sophia, and I was curious about macronutrients and how I should adjust them for my lifestyle. I've been told that I'm supposed to be eating one gram of protein per pound of body weight, but this means a lot of animal products. If I am looking to cut or reduce meat and dairy from my diet, should I be eating less protein? I am open to eating more protein-rich plant-based foods, but find that my carb-to-protein ratio gets thrown off a bit when I do that. I also know that I can be drinking vegan protein shakes, but I wouldn't like this to become a huge part of my diet. If I could just get some help on this topic, that would be awesome. Thank you. Hi, Sophia. Thank you for your question. You know, I was just talking about how I published research. Well, speaking of which, when I was conducting my research in grad school, I had to create menus for a vegan-based, low-carbohydrate diet and a vegetarian-based, low-carbohydrate diet. Sounds simple, right? Well, as you pointed out, Sophia, not necessarily. This is because many plant-based proteins are also high in carbohydrates. For example, you probably know that beans and lentils are a good plant-based protein source. This is absolutely true, but beans and lentils also contain a decent amount of carbohydrates. So when I was designing these meal plans, I would add foods like beans and even nut butters to the menus, only to find that while their protein intake increased, so did their carbohydrate intake. Dietitians and nutritionists think about beans and lentils as a protein source, but we also count it as a carbohydrate too. So Sophia, when you mentioned that eating plant-based protein sources are throwing off your macronutrient ratios, I get it. Because when you eat some of these foods, like beans and lentils, you're definitely adding protein to your diet, but you're also adding a fair amount of carbohydrate at the same time, but not in direct proportion to the amount of protein you're consuming. So now your ratios are thrown off. This leads to your other question should you then be cutting back on your protein intake to better align your macronutrient ratios? Well, let's start from the beginning so we don't confuse ourselves. Certain nutrients are called macronutrients because we need to consume them in large quantities daily, hence the term macro, meaning large. So the nutrients that we need to consume in large or macro quantities each day are carbs, fats, and proteins. Oh, and in case you're wondering, since the opposite of macro would be micro, Are there micronutrients? There sure are. These would be your vitamins and minerals. So we need to consume fewer vitamins and minerals each day when compared to carbs, fats, and proteins, hence the term micronutrients. Okay, so back to your question, Sophia. There are some nutrition experts that believe that for optimal health and wellness, we should get the right ratio of macronutrients each day. For example, when we think about our daily intakes of just carbs, proteins, and fats, some believe that we should consume 30% of our daily calories coming from protein, 30% that come from fat, and 40% from carbohydrates. Now, I'm not saying that you're following these specific ratios, Sophia, but I'm just using this as an example. So by using these macronutrient ratios to design menus and meal plans, the thinking is that this will help ensure enough of these nutrients are consumed each day, but possibly also help control food cravings, manage blood sugar levels, and all sorts of other things. Again, this is just a theory that some adhere to. Now, if you're consuming more beans than lentils, for example, for their protein content, you're going to also be adding to your carbohydrate intake. Again, this is because beans and lentils are also decent sources of carbs, but not in the same proportion as their protein content. So, again, this is potentially throwing off your macronutrient ratios. To adjust for this, I wouldn't recommend decreasing your protein intake. This is because by cutting out meat and dairy from your diet, as you mentioned, you've already reduced a number of protein-rich food sources in your diet. And it's relatively common for folks to consume too little protein each day when switching to a vegetarian or vegan lifestyle. The one gram of protein per pound of body weight recommendation is pretty standard, but assuming you're active. So let's say you weigh 125 pounds. This would mean you need to consume 125 grams of protein each day, provided you're active but you can get away with less if you're not participating in regular physical activity or strength training. According to the United States Department of Agriculture, or USDA, women can consume as little as 46 grams of protein per day. For men, 56 grams. Now, some health professionals have fought back and have argued that this is far too low, but I'll have to save that topic for a different Q&A. The bottom line is that, yes, protein is important, but you may not need as much as you may think. So, what should we do with all of this seemingly conflicting information? The good news is that we know from lots and lots of studies that following a well-planned, mostly plant-based diet can prevent a number of diseases. But when it comes to finding protein-based plant foods that are also low in carbohydrates, well, now that can be tricky. Why? Well, think about it this way. Imagine an ordinary greenhouse plant. What do you do to keep it alive? Basically two things, right? You give it some water every now and then, and make sure it's exposed to sunlight. You don't need to feed the plant fats, carbs, and proteins. Why not? Well, the plant makes its own fuel from the sun. Remember that topic of photosynthesis from third grade science class? See, your third grade science teacher was right. He or she knew we would come in handy at some point. So that fuel that's made through photosynthesis is sugar or carbohydrate, as opposed to creating fats and proteins. Many plants operate this same way, not just house plants but the plant-based foods we eat too. So, just by the very fact that a food is plant-based means it's going to contain some carbohydrate and little fat and little protein. This was the same issue I ran into when trying to design low-carb meal plans for my study. Sophia, if you want to maintain or increase your intakes of protein while minimizing your carbohydrate intake all while following a plant-based diet, the only thing we can really do is try and select plant-based foods that are lower in carbohydrate, not completely devoid of them. Tofu is one such example. Tofu is made from soy beans, but the soy has been processed to make the tofu. So if you want to substitute tofu for, say, soy beans, you would actually end up consuming more carbohydrate from the bean itself. This is because soy beans, in its natural state, contain quite a bit of carbohydrate. Soy milk would also contain more carbohydrate than tofu. But this is because sugar, a type of carbohydrate, is often added to these products to make them taste better. Nuts and seeds are decent options, but will still contain some carb. Other than these foods, you'll find that most plant based foods are going to be higher in carbs and low in protein. Now, I realize you didn't ask about this specifically, Sophia, but I must mention that paying attention to your intake of some micronutrients is a good idea. The most common deficiencies we see in those following a plant based diet are vitamin B12, vitamin D, iron, omega 3 fatty acids, and calcium. Why? Well, because for many of us, we get these nutrients from animal products. So what I would recommend is first talking to your healthcare professional and then ask them specifically about taking a multivitamin every day. This will likely cover your iron, your vitamin D, and your calcium needs. But you need to find a quality vitamin B12 supplement. The most active form of vitamin B12 comes from animal products. You may have heard that some sea vegetables like algae also contain vitamin B12. This is true but it's not a form that the body can use. So you need to get B12 another way. A sublingual form of vitamin B12 is fine. This is the form of B12 that you place under the tongue and it gets absorbed that way. Luckily, you don't need a prescription for any of these. Also, the next supplement I would consider is one that contains omega-3 fatty acids. And again, I'll reiterate, finding a quality supplement is really important. There's no need to buy any megadose version, but try and find one that says enteric-coated and one that contains both EPA and DHA. Now, you can also find omega-3 fats in sea vegetables, so if you consume seaweed or algae on a regular basis, you may not need an omega-3 supplement. And again, finding a quality supplement is super important. A really easy trick to find a quality supplement is to look for one or both of these symbols on the outside of the supplement bottles or on the packaging. Look for a USP symbol or an NSF symbol. This means the product has been tested for quality. That way you can feel confident that you're taking something that is relatively free of impurities. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors We'll get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com health. Just go to indeed.com slash health right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash health. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thank you again for the question, Sophia. You'll be entered into a very small raffle on the first of every month to win a book, which is in just five days. So if you want to be in the raffle, send me a question. Just come by oldpodcast.com slash ask. You can record your question right from your computer's microphone. It's really easy and you can even play back your message and do retakes before sending it in. Or you can do it the old fashioned way and call in your question. The number is 61 love ohd Both methods are in this episode's description, which you can find at oldpodcast.com. All right, that'll do it for another week of Optimal Health Daily, a holiday week, if you will. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your continued support. That's the only reason I've made it to 900 episodes. I hope you have a wonderful weekend, and I'll see you back here on Monday, where your optimal life awaits.